the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful uh, Saturday morning. Uh, I am excited uh, to be here with you. Um, if you are tuning in right now, you are listening to another episode of Let Us Reason, and I'm your host, Al Fadi. And with me today, uh, my dear brother, Pastor Mark, and we're doing a continuation of what we started it in the last couple of episodes, and that is a uh, verse-by-verse exegesis, um, I would say practical, probably exegesis from the uh, Book of Romans, and we started it from the very first chapter. We were blessed to have been able to finish verses 1 to 7, and today we will start with verse 8, and we'll see where the Lord will lead us uh, in this episode, and whatever we stop, we'll pick it up uh, the next time. Uh, Pastor Mark, uh, thank you again, brother, for joining us. Good morning, Al. It's great to be with you today. Thank you so much. Well, brother, why don't you... Um, uh, you know, uh, begin uh, basically from verse 8 and uh, impart on us uh, some of the wisdom that the Lord has uh, uh, revealed to you through these passages, and I will interact with you as we go. Great. Thanks, Al. Well, as we're used to in letters, there's always a two section, which is what we finished the last time, and then there's a from, there's there's a from, and then there's a to, and the the Two section usually includes a thanksgiving. We're going to find the same thing here in Paul's letter to the Romans, but I want you to notice verse 8, how it begins. It says, first, well, you're not going to find a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth anywhere else in the letter. It's just first. And I think what Paul's trying to say here is of first importance. I want to get this said right out from the beginning. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. We're going to find this idea of faith now becomes a bigger and bigger subject matter for Paul as he goes through. And notice that he says about these Roman believers that he's never met that their faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. I don't know that it was literally the whole world, but it was at least the world that Paul knew of around the Mediterranean. Their faith is what speaks of of who they are. And that's wonderful, brother. And by the way, I want to just uh, clarify um, what uh, Pastor Mark is talking about, of course, um, uh, is the verses 1 to 7, Paul introducing himself, and he's saying this is the letter uh, from, and he is introducing himself, talking about himself. Now it is the intended audience that he's sending to, and starting with verse 8. And you know what caught my uh, attention here, uh, brother, is that he's, uh, as you mentioned, he is thanking God 
It's something that we as believers, we ought to always remember to thank God for all things, and especially when we encounter believers. And in this case, you know, at first glance, it almost sounds like Paul probably even never met these people, but their reputation have already reached out to him. And just by virtue of reputation, he's already thanking God. And how does this apply to us today, uh, my dear brothers and sisters who listen to me? Uh, we hear of a lot of uh, believers who are being persecuted everywhere. In fact, if you are not listening to the news today, you're missing a whole lot of news about persecution. And I can tell you this, the least I can tell you is you don't have to listen, but remember daily in your prayers that there are brothers and sisters that are being persecuted, and you need to be thankful that their faith actually uh, and their reputation is the reason why they're getting persecuted, not just randomly, because someone knew that they are faithful to Christ and wanted to intimidate them. That's right. Al, it's easy for us, I think, in, in, as we go through our day to get bogged down by this event or that event or if somebody said this or things just aren't going the way we want. And I, I believe the heart of that we should have as followers, as disciples, is that we are looking for the things that God is doing, and there's always something to be thankful for. Amen. So go ahead, brother. So he's thankful for these people. Um, you start to hear the love for this. Now, we could just think that, well, Paul wants something. So he's going to say all kinds of nice things about these believers because he wants to get something from them. Well, I don't think that would be fair to Paul's heart. And if we really listen to his words here, we, there's such tenderness and such compassion and love for these people. that, and, and he's never met them yet because their reputation is one of faith, believing hoping, trusting in the same God that he hopes and trusts in, he has this great affection and love for them and desire to want to come and see them. We're going to see later on as we go. That's that's what he's working up to. So in verse 9, he says, For God whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his Son is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you. Now, literally, in the Greek, what that last part of that says is how without ceasing remembrance of you I make. He's always thinking about these people. That's quite a claim. So we have this idea that he's thankful. He's always thankful to God for them. And without ceasing, he's remembering them constantly. What a neat thing. Amen. And if I may interject a thought here, brother, um, Paul is saying he's doing this not by his own intellectual capability or capacity. He's saying he's doing it by the Spirit of God, which he immediately ties it to the good news of the Son of God. And that's a reminder to us all. We do not receive the Spirit of God casually, only believe and faith in the gospel, the good news of the Son, that will give us that privilege of having the Spirit of God. It's interesting because once I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but in chapter 8, he will begin to tell us that the Holy Spirit that he's referring to here, the Spirit of God, uh, the Spirit of the good news of the Son, will intercede in our behalf in prayer. Beautiful. So verses 9 and 10 um, Al, they give us uh, they give us two pictures here. The one is how Paul remembers unceasingly 
these folks in Rome. And then in verse 10, he's always praying for them, always in my prayers, he says, making requests. That's what we do when we pray. We ask God for things. We worship. We thank him. So we're getting that all here. He's thankful to God, and then he has his requests to God. Because God is the one that we serve. As we're going to see, Paul here understands that very clearly. God is the one we serve, and his request is that perhaps now, at last, by the will of God, he says, I may succeed in coming to you. He says, I may be uh, 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 fruitful and 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 uh, prosperous in my attempt my desire yep. to come to you may i interject uh, also mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm i'm just asking brother because i don't want to no, interrupt please. your train of thought here uh, you're doing a great job uh, once again if you're tuning in uh, you're listening to let us reason and i'm your host alfadi and with me here is pastor mark and we're talking uh, about uh, the letter to the romans from chapter one we're focusing right now starting from verse eight on down Uh, or up. It depends how you're looking at it. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, one of the important elements we see in verse 8, Pastor Mark, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that Paul is teaching us something about prayer, that it's uh, of first importance, that uh, prayer should constitute uh, thankfulness to God, not only complaining, you know, but uh, thankful, uh, being thankful to God. And uh, it's through Jesus Christ that uh, uh, we ought to approach, uh, you know, the power that is given to us. Uh, we ought to approach this altar of prayer, basically, by the Spirit of God, uh, and to constantly, be in constant, being persistent in our prayer, in our thanksgiving, persistent in remembering those that we are praying for, and also the cause as to why we are praying for and being thankful for. I mean, he's telling us it's their faith, actually, that... Uh, he is uh, admiring and being thankful for. And another thing I depicted in here right away, it tells me that when he says, God is my witness, it almost sounds like Paul is praying oftentimes secretly, privately, which is something we ought to really do. Uh, Yes, it is wonderful to pray corporately and together, but prayer doesn't cease there. Even when we're alone, we ought to also continue. And that makes sense why he's saying constantly, because he's obviously not always with people. He's always going to be uh, sometimes with people, sometimes alone. Wow. That's so true. It would be good for all of us, I think, to remember that sometimes when we're going through difficulties in life, it's easy for us, easier anyway, for us to come to God and say, God, please, Lord Jesus, help me. And so we'll give him a list of our requests, the things that we want. But if we stop and we pause and in the midst of whatever it is that's working in us and nagging at us and and causing us to feel anxious about things before the Lord, if we'll pause and remember to thank him and start thinking about what is it that we have to be thankful for and and, and what I mean by that is, you know, God is always doing something. Amen. He's never just sitting by watching. He's so mindful all the time of what we go through, what we're feeling, what we need, that uh, he's doing something. And if we'll pause, we, we will actually be surprised how much we can start to learn and see that God is, in fact, working. And we can start to work with him in those things. And I think thanks, thankfulness, thanksgiving, is a big part of being able to see the hand of God working in our life. Amen. And also another thing, uh, the reason why Paul also is thankful uh, for the believers, because their faith is resting upon 
our Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't thankful for something uh, uh, outside of this. He's thankful that they have a faith, and this faith is grounded uh, on the gospel, the good news of the Son, and by which we are connected in the Spirit. Go ahead, brother. Well, in verse 11, then he says, For I long to see you. So now we've had, he's thankful, their reputation, he's, he's request is to come and to see them. Um, uh, and, and now he says, he, it's, here's his heart, I long to see you. And the reason he wants to see them is because he wants to give something back to them. He wants to impart a spiritual gift that they may be established, that they may be encouraged is another way to look at that. Um, he wants to strengthen these folks. He, and then he explains himself further in verse 12. He says, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you. Now, I'm glad he didn't say that I may encourage you. He doesn't put, you know, it's, it's not that he's on an ego trip here, well, that I need to come and see you because I'm the apostle to the Gentiles. I'm important. No, he says, he says that is, I want to come see you because I want to be encouraged together with you. That's the idea behind this meaning. It's not just to encourage someone else. It's to encourage together here. And, and that's that's excellent point, uh, Pastor Mark, because uh, here, here again we see that prayer uh, is uh, also uh, includes an element of yearning for something. Uh, not only he is being thankful for the faith of those he is praying for, but he's yearning also to learn a thing or two. Uh, from them and be encouraged. And verses 11 and 12, it's almost what we call in modern English, give and take. You know, he wants to give something and he wants to receive something. Right. Uh, it's not a one-way street, it's a two-way. I mean, it's like, I want, I long, there's a direction. I long to see you. I want to go to you. I want to meet you in person that I may give you something, impart to you some spiritual gift. But that is that you also may encourage me, that I may, may be mutually encouraged, you know. So walking alone really isn't what the Christian life is about. It's about being with fellow believers, fellow servants of the Lord, and encouraging one another together. Alan, verse 12, it says, And this is to be encouraged together with you through the faith of one another. So again, we have faith popping up. He's thankful for their faith. He wants to encourage them by his faith, and he wants to be encouraged himself by their faith. Faith is a big deal. And it's such a simple thing. Faith is just believing that God will do what he says he will do. Faith and believing are really the same word. It, the one's a, a, an action word. It's the verb, believe. And faith is the, it's the noun form of that. It's, it's when you are believing, you have faith. And, you know, uh, Pastor Mark, and I, and I say this because uh, we both went to seminary, and I just uh, don't want to sound like too technical for people, but uh, Paul uses a lot of infinitives in 11 and 12, which mean that this isn't something that he wants to do one time only. This is ongoing. No stopping to it. That's Unlimited, right. basically. That's right. That's right. In fact, he moves on in verse 13 now. Um, he says, now I do not wish to be ignorant, brethren. I do not wish you to be ignorant that often, he says, I planned to come to you and have been prevented until now 
in order that I may have some fruit as also in you, just as in the rest of the nations, he says. It's a strong word there. He's wanted to come. He's always praying, always thinking about this group of believers. And he says he's been prevented. He's been forbidden or hindered is really the meaning behind that word. God would not allow him up until this point in time to visit these folks. And he says at the end of um, 13 there, he says um, that he wants to bear fruit as in the rest of the nations or the rest of the Gentiles. So always on his heart is the desire to take the message of God's saving grace to as many people as he can find the nations, um, let them all hear so that all the nations will return and come back to um, our Lord God. And uh, um, the idea of fruit here also is something we shouldn't pass by. Work is on Paul's mind. He wants to be a doer, and he expects that his work is going to bear fruit for the Lord. Um, Work and fruit, they should go together. I think we should expect that when we do something for the Lord, that it's going to bear some fruit. Amen. And and here is some powerful things we can uh, uh, begin to see in verse 13. Now, first of all, he's talking about hindrances here. And, you know, many commentators you read will tell you, by the way, some of those hindrances, actually, you'll get a glimpse of them in chapter 15, specifically verses 20 and 21, where Paul was saying... I desire to go and preach the gospel where Christ has not been preached. You know, how often do you think of hindrances being something like this? We think of hindrances, oh, maybe uh, his car uh, battery died. Um, He uh, couldn't afford the airplane ticket. Uh, He didn't have a ride, uh, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, he got sick or whatever. No, no. Many believe Paul's hindrances to meet them is that he's busy doing God's work everywhere he went, and that's kind of delaying him. And yet, on the other side, in another sense, he's like comforted that they're believer already. You know, he longs to fellowship with them, but his heart is for the loss. And he really mentioned it uh, here because he's talking about what among the other Gentiles. It's not just about you that I am concerned and I worry and I pray, but also I have others. And in verse chapter 15, we know that those others that were Christ was not preached. In fact, he said there in chapter 15 that I don't want to build upon uh, foundations of others. I want to go where Christ was never preached. In other words, I don't want to, I don't want to accuse me and say, you know, oh, you're taking my work and, and claiming that it's yours. No, 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 no. I want to start from scratch, literally. That's what he wanted to do. And I like what you mentioned about fruit. I'm doing work and I'm praying for fruit through faith that will be manifested. But also, really, the Greek indicate that they too, the believers, will bear fruit as well. Yes, yes. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting that so many times when we um, are sharing or doing the work that, that we think that God has laid out for us, we want to go to the important people first. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how it is that Paul went to the, the outskirts, the unknown places, the people who haven't heard. Uh, the Romans, we're not sure how they received Christ. It's likely they could have received it in Acts chapter 2, that some people visiting on the day of Pentecost heard the message and took uh, they became believers some of the Jews and they went back to Rome and brought the the message with them the church that Paul is writing to is both gentile and Jew 
And you would, you know, if you're going to be a missionary to the nations, well, let's start at the capital. Let's let's go to Rome. Let's get the emperor uh, believing, and let's, uh, you know, the the. Uh, the, the Constantine moment where we'll have him become a Christian and then all the world will be saved because the government will become behind it. And it, no, that's that that wasn't the way. And he says he was hindered here. Mm-hmm. He says that he was hindered. God had a different plan. So methodically, according to God's plan, he had him working, going to different places. And Rome wasn't wasn't the spot to be yet. Uh, I love that about Paul, that his heart was sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, that he went where God told him, not where he thought he should be. Amen. And it's kind of interesting, really, because um, almost um, probably uh, a thousand uh, years earlier, give or take, from the time when he wrote this, there was another uh, uh, prophet by the name of Jonah who really wanted to go to Spain to run away from God's calling. And yet Paul, in chapter 15 of Romans, wanted to go to Spain because he felt that's where God is calling him to go. You know, so waiting on, upon God is the right thing to do. God will send you to the places that you're yearning for if it is in his will for you to go at the timing that God decides. And nothing wrong with desiring to do those, those things for the Lord, but always having a heart that's sensitive, that listens to him. And no matter what, we desire, no matter what I desire, I need to go where he tells me to go. Yep. It's kind of interesting, by the way, I get the imagery. Uh, you know, I, I once heard this, uh, 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 watch out for Christians who are not limping. And, and I get this impression, you know, when I heard that, it's like, I remember this story when Jacob wrestled with the, the Lord, and, and he kind of like pushed his leg out of socket, basically, if you wish, and that he limped ever since. Now, that's the impression, uh, basically. And I think it's it's a message to us that God wants to you, wants you, basically, wants to force you to lean on him, mm. to hold on on him so he can guide you and take you. Because if he leaves it up to us, I think we're all going to be running everywhere. Uh, I mean, you and I know we're in ministry, and if it's left up to us, uh, I want to be somewhere, <laughs> you know, different than when the Lord wants me. And I'm thankful that the Lord teaches us to humble ourselves. That's right. And hey, being in the capital, staying in a nice hotel, preaching to the important people, that th- th- nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But that wasn't God's plan for Paul. Uh, verse 14, Al, it says that uh, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to foolish, I am a debtor. And he goes on, he goes on in verse 15, he says, Thus, according to this, I'm eager to proclaim good news also to you who are in Rome. So finally, we get to the, we get to the two. It's to those who are in Rome. But this one kind of, uh, it's funny to me. He says, both to Greeks, uh, that word there is really the Greek um, uh, nations, the Greek-speaking peoples, if you will. Uh, the tribes, you know, Greek was a bunch of different city-states that uh, were surrounded or were in that part of the world. But they, what they shared in common was that they all spoke Greek. Well, now the Greek tribes, if you will, it's all over the Mediterranean. That was the English, if you will, of the day. Everybody spoke Greek in that part of the world. So to the Greek tribes, the Greek-speaking world, and to the barbarians, both to wise and to foolish, Paul has a debt that he wants to pay. 
So I guess it's because of this debt that he wants also to go to Rome, and he would probably consider them to be part of the Greek tribe. But it's an interesting distinction that he makes to the sophisticated, to the educated, to the smart people, and to other kinds of people. I'm, I've owe a debt. I'm going to go. So uh, it's interesting, by the way, because Paul, talking about fruit, talking about results, all of a sudden he calls himself a debtor as if he's someone who is receiving crops and not paying enough for it. And really, what do you think the debt that he's referring to? Preaching the gospel. Yes. He feels like he's not doing enough to preach the gospel where Christ was not preached. That's right. So when we when we hear in the beginning where he says, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, invited to be an apostle, having been set apart for good news from God, does he really believe that or is that a fancy title? No, he really believes it. He's in debt to go and proclaim the good news about God's salvation to as many people as God leads him. And here's the interesting thing, and this is the Word of God, by the way, and we're almost approaching our end, uh, the end of our show. Uh, I just want to point out something interesting here, that in verse 15, he sets apart the believers from the rest of the groups that he mentioned. And when we come back next week, we will pick it up from verses 14 and 15 again, because we want to lay the ground for the powerful passage in the intro of Romans, and that's verse 16. Uh, thank you so much if you've been joining us here today. You've been listening to Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. With me here today in studio was my dear brother, Pastor Mark, and we were doing a verse-by-verse exegesis from the letters to the Romans, chapter 1, verses 8 to 15. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.